0: All right, we're going to look at something in Baptist history i got to fill in for Mr. Brady today. And uh, a lot of times we look at an individual. <clears throat> today we're going to look more or less at a group of people uh, in the region, and that's the Baptists in the uh, former Soviet Union or uh, in the USSR and even prior to <clears throat> becoming the Soviet Union. Baptist influence can first be seen in Russia uh, in 1867, at least where we can kind of trace it. On August 20th of that year, there was a German Baptist by the name of Martin Colwait, and he immersed Nikita Voron, and I'm not going to get all these Russian names correct anyway, uh, near the Kura River in the southern Russia. And so this is the first time that we can see or we have an incident where that's recorded. By 1879... Uh, the Baptist religion, uh, as it would have been called, uh, or sect, became a legally recognized group. However, almost immediately, uh, they faced persecution. In Russia, the Russian Orthodox Church uh, had somewhat of a uh, state church type of thing going on. And um, a state church doesn't like a church that's autonomous, which is what Baptists believe. We're going to talk about it in a second. And so they uh, almost immediately began to persecute them. They even went so far as to form a missionary society. And that missionary society major goal was stamping out all of the Baptists that they could. Uh, because of this, numerous Baptist buildings were confiscated. Uh, and even from time to time... If uh, you were known to be a Baptist, they would come and they would take your children from, uh, from the parents. Up until the communist takeover of Russia, which happened in 1917, the Russian Orthodox Church pretty much acted as a state church and united with the state. It used its policing powers to imprison and exile as many Baptist ministers as they could. One Baptist leader writing of this time said this. He said, "'This was a time of horrible persecutions.'" Exiles, arrests, fines, and beatings of believers rained down abundantly upon the audacious followers of the gospel. Under continual fear of being caught by the police, the brothers nevertheless did not cease their meetings, holding them in basements, in the woods, in the cemetery, in ravines, and in apartments of the more well-to-do brothers. So this went on for quite some time where they were facing a great deal of persecution. Now, just to provide a little bit of context, during this time period, in Russia, they were ruled by czars. And uh, there was a dynasty, the Romanov dynasty had lasted for a number of years, a few hundred years. And one of the goals they'd always had, each, each new czar, his job was to expand his reach beyond the previous one. And so during this time, uh, Russia, over the previous few hundred years here, had continued to expand, pulling a number of ethnic groups in there. And so from 1879 to 1917 in this time, there was a whole lot of unrest. Uh, There was a lot of ethnic tension. There were uh, wars against the Cossacks and other different groups within that. So there's all this unrest going on. In the midst of all this unrest the teachings of a guy by the name of Karl Marx began to make a huge play. And one man following him, uh, Vladimir Lenin, became a very influential uh, person and member uh, of and student of Karl Marx and began to spread that. And so there began to be a lot of unrest. In the midst of unrest, then there were various bombings. There were a lot of protests where they were uh, destroying a lot of things. I know none of this sounds familiar to us at all. Uh, But all of this stuff was going on. Uh, ...to the point that Lenin then was exiled from the country. Well, you come into 1917, you're in the middle of World War I... ...and Germany thought it would be a good idea if Russia left the war. So they kind of covertly put Lenin on a train... sent him back into Russia where he had been exiled... ...knowing that he would stir up a revolution... ...and Russia would have to withdraw its forces and deal with the problems at home... Well, it worked, and uh, the Communist Revolution in Russia, known as the Bolshevik Revolution, occurred then during October of 1917, and uh, culminated November 7th of 1917, where Vladimir Lenin, as I said, a student of Karl Marx, and a man by the name of Leon Trotsky, led in the overthrow of the Tsarist Empire, bringing Russia under communist rule. Now, strange as it may seem, for the first couple of years, actually there was a little bit of a reprieve from the Baptist churches because there was so much turmoil. When the communist regime comes in and takes over, they like to look like the good guys uh, right at the beginning until they're fully entrenched, and then they solidify their power. It's been that way in every communist takeover. This was no different. So for a short period of time, there was a little bit of a reprieve, but then, then once the communists became entrenched, uh, their persecution began to increase. Lenin died in 1924, and uh, one of his head generals, a man who Lenin himself feared by the name of Joseph Stalin, took over in 1924. He reigned from 1924 to 1953 in what was known as a reign of terror. And during this time, the persecution of Baptists reached a horrible crescendo under Joseph Stalin. One author described it this way. Beginning in 1929, believers all over the Soviet Union were persecuted on a large scale in a centralized, organized process. Churches were closed, prayer houses were confiscated, and pastors and preachers were arrested. You see, communism, which relies so heavily on atheistic thinking and looking at the government as God, it can't tolerate a group of people who believe that their relationship with God is the most important thing. And it cannot uh, handle a group that want to be autonomous. It had no trouble really coexisting with the Orthodox Church. They made the adjustments necessary, um, but they no longer had to persecute the Baptists because the communists were doing it for them. Another author wrote, In that decade, meaning the 1930s, 25,000 Baptist pastors and preachers were arrested in the USSR. Of that number of 25,000, 22,000 were shot or died in prison camps just within the space of of 10 years. Uh, So organized and so oppressive was the persecution. Uh, Many years later, in 1995, there was a Russian Baptist by the name of Georgi Vins. And he himself had also been a Baptist minister in Russia. He had gone to a Soviet gulag uh, for some years for his faith. Uh, but after the Soviet Union fell, he was able to inspect the secret files uh, in the KGB archives that were kept on his father. His father's name was Reverend Peter Yaklovich Vins. And he learned that the file on his father, just to give you an idea of how organized the persecution was of the preachers. He found the file on his father alone was 450 pages long. His father, then, he also learned, had been shot to death on August 26, 1937. It's something else to understand. When a person was taken by the uh, you didn't really know where they were going. You didn't really know what had happened to them. And you might live your whole life not knowing what happened to a relative once they were taken in there. That's how oppressive uh, the communist uh, regime is. That's how oppressive socialism is. <clears throat> Just making the point. Um, So we see this is what happened. But also during this time, what you'll find was interesting is their Baptist distinctives in a book called Soviet Evangelicals Since World War II, uh, an author by the name of Walter Savatsky set forth the principles that the Baptists believe of that day and and even there today. They might sound somewhat familiar to us, especially if you're here on Thursday nights. He said the basis of Baptist persuasion is sola scriptura, or the Bible is our only rule For faith and practice. He found another principle was that in a regenerated church membership where believers must express their repentance and personal faith in Jesus Christ before being accepted into membership. The ordinance of baptism was only upon one's profession of faith, and the church observed the Lord's Supper. They also believed in a strong autonomy or independent rule of a local body of believers. And then the Baptist distinctive that mostly got them in trouble in Russia under the Soviet Union was this, they believed strongly in the separation of church and state, that the state had no control over what the church believed. In spite of all of this persecution that I just read, you might say, well, why would that inspire me, anything about Baptists? In spite of all that persecution, Baptist churches in Russia continued to thrive and In the midst of all this, they still remain faithful to the doctrines and the truths of Scripture. So, just a couple thoughts for us. One is to learn the example of faithfulness and persecution. We often fear the persecution, but we find that when it has come upon churches, they've thrived when the people remain true. And the other, I think, is to see the warnings of the dangers of a dead religion and a communist regime upon a nation Um, There is going to be no freedom for people who believe in truth of scripture. uh, Because for them to reign supreme, they must stomp out any belief to the contrary. And when you believe the scriptures, um, you're not going to play ball, so to speak, with the government the way they want it. So I think it's important for us to learn uh, from the warnings from that. So Baptist history in the USSR.